On this show, we've started to explore the challenges of the communication barriers and errors that are present between many fields. This is most of the basis for our Is Science Dumb series. Check out episodes 3, 8, and 18 for more details. How can global governments test and implement any solutions with the current problems in communication that are present? Here is a current example to illustrate this point. In Vancouver, Canada, the city is experiencing a real estate market that is currently unsustainable. Like many parts of the world, property values have skyrocketed. Now, we here at Viable Underdogs aren't trying to present any opinion, one way or the other, on the effectiveness of any proposed solution to the problem of inflated property values. We're only trying to illustrate a point. Whether you personally believe what is being done to address the problem isn't relevant to the point we're trying to make, so please bear with us. One factor contributing to the problem of inflated property values is foreign buyers. They buy up a significant portion of the properties and often leave them vacant. To them, the property itself is an investment. Whether their motivations are to see an increased return on investment or if they're trying to transfer their money into what they perceive to be a more stable economy. Knowing this, the government proposed a policy to tax homes that remain vacant in an attempt to cool off the market and ensure property values are more sustainable. While you ponder one of the many ways this could not go exactly as planned, Carlos will highlight his DJ skills. Welcome to Viable Underdogs, where we try and teach you cool things and hopefully encourage everyone to become a bit more sustainable. My name is John, the always enigmatic Carlos is with me as well. This is episode number 20. Today we're continuing to explore why it is that governments are limited in their ability to solve sustainability. They are still going to play a role in sustainability, but we need to set more realistic expectations on just how much they can achieve without help. Once again, we're not here to provide commentary on the solutions being proposed. We'll leave that one for the economists. But the thing we wanted to highlight here is the unintended consequences of implementing a policy like the one they attempted to tax vacant homes. The owner of these homes, some of which are multi-million dollar mansions, rented the homes out to students on the cheap. This allows them to forego the tax they would be forced to pay if the property remained vacant. Now, if this was 100% the intended reaction of this policy, then ignore us but we're willing to bet it wasn't. Although the students are only trying to enjoy the dream of living in a mansion, they are now inadvertently adding to the problem the policy was intended to address. Two things were overlooked when imposing this policy. The intent of the policy clearly was not communicated well, and the policy overlooked the greatest power we have, human ingenuity. The owners of these properties were confronted with a challenge, an extra tax, and they found a way to circumvent it. This is kind of what we humans do. Human ingenuity is a powerful double-edged force. It has provided everything we see around us today, but it's also paving the way towards our end. If you doubt the powers of human ingenuity, check out episode 15 for a refresher. Last episode, we started exploring the idea that governments are ill-equipped to handle the challenge of sustainability on their own. They have many strengths, 
which include the handling of infrastructure, emergency services, education, healthcare, and many other responsibilities, but they are painfully slow at keeping up with change, especially when it comes to sustainability. Before we go any further, it's important to remind you that we're still in the midst of our sales pitch to you that we started back in episode 16. And although this may be a bit longer than a three-minute elevator pitch, we're talking about global sustainability. Our species has never encountered a problem like this before. This challenge is unique and non-conventional, which means that its solutions will likely have to be unique and non-conventional as well. And in any sales pitch, it's typically highly recommended the seller stays away from hot-button subjects like religion and politics. I'm sure we don't need to explain why. But in this case, we do need to talk about politics. Not to finger point or try and state whether it's best to lean one way or the other on the political spectrum. We're here to discuss the fact that governments are not equipped to properly address many of these problems. They desperately need outside help in the form of individuals, businesses, and other organizations. We will highlight this using an example of North American politics. And although we realize there are many forms of politics across the globe, the inefficiencies are always present regardless of which systems you analyze. Let's first take a look at Canadian politics throughout the 20th century. Although there are several political parties at the national level, due to the nature of first-past-the-post voting, we can say that there are essentially two main political parties, each on either side of the political spectrum. Now, if you look at which party is in power, it tends to swing from one side of the spectrum to the other, on average, every 5 to 10 years. If you think about it, it means that both sides are in the driver's seat close to half of the time. Kind of cool if you look at the country over the course of an entire century. It may not always feel all the time that everyone is represented, but historically, both major parties spend a significant portion of time being in control. This is the same for the United States during the 20th century. Both countries essentially have two-party systems that spend roughly half of the time in control. If you're curious, we encourage you to look this up on your own time. It's rather neat. This is not the most efficient way of governing, but we, as nations, have decided that it's the most representative. And this is why politicians spend countless hours often debating various policies that have no easy answer. Issues like the one we mentioned back in episode 12, when we talked about ethics and explored the difficulties around issues like child labor. Politics are not the most efficient by design. They are representative, and one could even argue, more stable. When democratic countries elect a government, this government doesn't have total control. They have the ability to implement some change, but their power to do so is restricted. And this is also by design. Two separate parties running the country in very different ways would be quite chaotic if their ability to implement change went unchecked. For instance, in Canada, the government may implement a new law, but the judicial system has the ability to overturn it when justified in doing so, such as a violation of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. These countries have chosen to sacrifice political efficiency in exchange for more stable and more representative style of governments. Like everything else in the universe, we cannot have one thing without giving up another. 
But when we discuss issues like sustainability, we cannot wait around for this inefficient process to take place, or we will see things be addressed in a similar timeline to the one in episode 6 regarding the lead debacle. Again, this is not a slight against any particular political group, nor the political process. We're just trying our best to convey how badly equipped they are to handle it. If both parties have different solutions to address sustainability, then we get two different attempts at solutions every 5 to 10 years. Or worse, we get situations where one party decides to roll back the changes of the previous administration. This basically turns progress into a two-steps-forward, one-step-back scenario. And this is also dependent on just how important they decide to make the environment of their political platform. In their defense, governments have many important matters to attend to, not just sustainability. This means their focus isn't only on sustainability. They still have to ensure they have an employed workforce, a functioning national infrastructure, all whilst trying to maintain a healthy balance between the freedom of its citizens and law and order. A tall order indeed. In most fields, we have specialists for this very reason. Companies and governments hire experts in everything from IT, accounting, strategic management, marketing, etc. Every year new technological fields are created. Engineering initially started out from military and civil, but it has since branched out into electrical, mechanical, computer, nanotechnology, bioengineering, and others. The medical field has no shortage of specialists either. As human knowledge continues to expand, so too does the amount of fields we have that require these specialists. No one can know everything and excel at everything. Many problems and challenges are so complex they require the undivided attention of these specialists. To further highlight our point of the inability of government alone to solve these problems, we could look at international meetings to correct sustainability. One could argue that there have been two main international meetings specifically related to solving sustainability. The one we mention on our show quite a bit, the Paris Agreement signed in 2016, and the Kyoto Protocol that was signed over 20 years ago in 1997. Two meetings, 20 years apart, and globally, we wonder why we're unable to tackle this problem. And sure, we could always mention other meetings, such as the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro back in 1992, but the addition of other conventions, meetings, agreements, and other attempts made to solve the challenge of sustainability using the political process only serves to further illustrate this point. We here at Viable Underdogs are concerned with results. And the tracker we mentioned back in episode 14 is one of many places you can go to see how effective these meetings have been. And the main point of discussion at these international meetings rests heavily on emissions. And although this is likely the largest problem, it's far from being the only sustainability problem requiring solving in the very near future. Our governments, however well-intended, are unable to address this problem alone. They will need the help of additional groups like the business sector, as we will explore in more detail next week. Before we go, we wanted to mention that despite the fact that we try to promote a concept of global identity, we do still believe that national and cultural pride is important as well. And since we are based out of Canada, in Canadian fashion, 
We need to apologize for the lack of jokes in this episode. Sorry, eh? Cheers. Thanks for listening. As always, please share and forward this podcast. The first step towards realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion. And this can't happen without everyone's input. Please send any questions, comments, or inefficiencies to viableunderdogs at gmail.com. Our intro music is composed by Mark Kronowski, and the music currently playing by Jonathan Atkinson. Also, pretty much all the images we use, we currently obtain from Pixabay. Make sure to check it out and share your appreciation for all the artists there. That's P-I-X-A-B-A-Y dot com.